Hey, hey, it's Christine. Just wanted to do a quick check-in with you before we dive into today's episode. I wanted to let you know I was just on my mentor, Nicole Jernim's podcast, The Period Party, talking all about fibroids. So if you've been around here for a little while, you know about my traumatic fibroid situation, but I go a little bit more in depth about what happened and how it led me into this world of hormones. Um, there was no way I wasn't getting just diving deep into to this world after what happened to me and everything that I've learned and, and what it really comes down to when you do have to face fibroids, when you do have um, a situation where, you know, surgery is on the table and, you know, what you, what you can do, what your options are. So I go into that in this episode with her, along with some of the spiritual implications of fibroids, which I think is a very important um, thing to look for each of us to look into. So if you check out the Period Party podcast, you'll see that episode up there this week. I hope that you enjoy it. I have some other things coming up soon that I will let you guys know about. We're going to do another session out of the Asheville Salt Cave next week doing some EFT, some movement medicine, and some meditation, some sound healing meditation. So you can join from anywhere in the world. We'll be doing it via Zoom and Facebook Live. So um, keep watch for that. Um, There's information that will be at my website about that and on Facebook. So today's episode is all about the testing that I actually utilize with many of my clients which is functional GI, gastrointestinal testing. And what's so helpful about this kind of testing is that we really get to the root cause of exactly what's going on in a person's digestive system. And without that information, we it's all a guess, right? We don't know if maybe there's a pathogen that's underlying an issue that you're having. And, you know, things like joint pain can actually be, you know, from parasites or worms or um, opportunistic bacteria. And unless we see these tests, we don't really know um, that that's happening and we don't know um, to treat it. So ultimately, this kind of testing gets us to the root causes of what's happening for you in your gut, but also hormones. Um, Your gut health underlies your hormones. You've probably heard me talk about that before with guests here. Um, And you really have to heal that in order for you to achieve some hormonal balance. And that goes back to the fibroids, right? For me, I know without a doubt that my fibroids grew tremendously because of some gut health situations that were going on, liver, my liver was definitely not doing as well as it could have been doing, and then stress, which was impacting my adrenals. So using these kinds of tests can get us, really gives us the picture of those three things, your gut, your liver, and your adrenals. And so I wanted you guys to sort of understand the process of this testing. So um, I contacted a colleague of mine, Andrea, who I'm talking to today on the podcast, to really explain these tests in depth so that you have some understanding of, you know, what kind of work a functional nutritionist like myself and like Andrea um, does and and what information you can get from that. So hopefully this will be really sort of eye-opening for those of you that are interested in taking that next step um, to really figure out what's going on with you. So 
Without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hey there, and welcome to Hormonally Speaking. I'm your host, Christine Garvin, a functional health coach. Each week, I speak with an incredible guest expert on all things women's hormones. We're here to empower you to take back control of your body, health, and well-being, and to learn about the latest in research and solutions when it comes to getting your hormones happy. No part of this podcast should be construed as medical advice, and we always recommend working with a professional practitioner to figure out what's best for your body. Now let's dive in with today's guest. Hey everyone, I'm here today with Andrea Dahlman, who is a functional nutritional therapy practitioner, and she specializes in digestive health and IBS. She has been in practice for nine years. And her friends call her the poop talker, which I love. Andrea (laughs) helps clients identify the root causes of their digestive imbalances and helps them restore health by addressing the underlying causes. Her work focuses on the digestive process from the first fork full of food to the last flush of the toilet. That's awesome. I love that. (laughs) She educates, empowers, and partners with clients so that they can make lifelong sustainable changes. It is her goal to return to them to a life they love free of digestive challenges. You can find Andrea at andreadalman.com and that'll be in our notes so you can click on that easily or on social media as Redeeming Nutrition. She has a virtual practice and sees clients from all over the U.S. Welcome Andrea. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm Absolutely. excited to join you today to talk about poop. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm like, that's always my favorite topic pretty much. You yeah. Know? <laughs> that's what us nutritionists do. So I invited Andrea onto the podcast because, you know, some of you might know some of the work that I do as a functional health coach and using functional lab testing to really get clear on what is happening in your body. So, you know, root cause like we were um, talking about. And this has really changed my practice in a lot of ways. And, you know, I, I do a lot to kind of talk about it to clients, but I realized I really want to have a podcast on it because I, a lot of people don't know about this testing. They don't know it exists. And if they have heard of it, they don't really know the what it does and what the purposes are for. So that's really what we're going to talk about today. So thank you so much for coming and talking to us about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, the reason I specialize in digestive health is because the diet, while very, very important, uh, how your body actually processes and digests that food is equally important. And sometimes we don't have a way to really know what's happening unless we run some functional testing and to really get a what's going on from top to bottom. Yeah, it's so true because, you know, the thing that I found for so long was you your client can tell you these symptoms and it's really, you're kind of guessing, right? Because symptoms can often mean multiple things. And until, yeah, until you see on a test, okay, now we know you're having those symptoms because this underlying thing is happening. Then we can get Mm -hmm. to the point much quicker. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I really do prefer tests. Don't guess uh, for a lot of people, especially if you've been dealing with symptoms for a super long time and, you know, you've changed your diet and things aren't really starting to shift. So, you know, it can be super helpful to 
really dial it in. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. I know it gets really frustrating for people when they feel like they've done all this work and they're not yeah. better. Yeah. So let's right. jump into talking about um, one of the tests that I use and I know that you use too, the GI mm-hmm. map, which is a stool analysis test for those that haven't you know, heard of that before. So do you want to just kind of walk us through the basics of what it is? Yeah, so there's a lot of different stool tests on the market, um, and I use the GI map as well. But the GI map is great because of the way that they test the stool. There's several different ways or methodologies, but they do an actual DNA sequencing and looking for the DNA of that specific bacteria. And that's helpful because they're not necessarily going to culture it. There, you can culture bacteria or you can use a microscopy where you would look at it under a microscope to see. And oftentimes those tend to not yield, those other methods don't yield the best results because if you, depending on where they took the poo sample from, um, it may not have that particular particle in it. So with when you're looking for the DNA, the DNA is there, if the DNA is going to be there. So that's kind of why the GI map is, in my opinion, a more superior test. There are a couple other ones that use um, the same type of technology, but the way that they quantify it is just slightly different. And for my clinical experience, the GI map gives me the best information to help clients. Absolutely. So what are a few of the markers that, you know, you see on the GI map that people might have heard of or or might understand? Yeah, so it has different categories. And as you kind of, and it's like a four, it's a four page report that we get back. And the first page is all the pathogens. So we see bacterial pathogens, parasitic pathogens, and viral pathogens. And those pathogens could be something like E. coli. So if you were suspicious of, of, you know, i went on a vacation and I came back and I never really started, wasn't feeling good. Well, this, we could actually see on that first page, whether or not, um, you know, E. coli. Yeah. (laughs) The thing about that, the pathogens page is sometimes people will test positive for it or we'll see those markers elevated. And it's really symptomatic on whether we would look at it from a place where we would want to have to rebalance the body around it. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people will have though that DNA show up, and it doesn't mean that it necessarily needs to be addressed if they're asymptomatic. So mm-hmm. um, that's, you kind of get a sense of it based on the person's presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, on the second page, you see H. pylori. And H. pylori is a, a bacteria that we all carry, but when it overgrows can cause some really symptomatic uh, problems. Uh, H. pylori is notorious for causing stomach ulcer and upper GI pain. Also, a, a real um, driver behind low stomach acid. So we get to see that particular marker. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get to see what I, I kind of divide the next sections into a kind of a garden. So we get to see how many flowers you have, how many weeds you have, and how many pests you have. Mm-hmm. And so we get a sense of your normal bacterial flora, which is great because that allows for us to see like how healthy is your healthy population? Like, do you have appropriate amount of roses? Are, you know, is your geraniums healthy? Like all the things that we want in population, are they there and present? So we get to look at that um, on the GI map. The opportunistic bacteria, those I call the weeds. The weeds aren't necessarily bad if they're in the right population and haven't overgrown. Like one dandelion in your lawn isn't going to be like, oh my gosh, we need to rip out our lawn. But if there's like a dandelion field growing in your lawn, then you probably are going to need to get in there and do some weeding 
kind of get things rebalanced, change maybe the pH of your lawn so that you know you get more flowers growing and less weeds growing. Um, but we also get a sense of potential autoimmune triggers. And these give us a, uh, a picture, and they're not to say like if this person has an autoimmune, uh, these, this particular bacteria is high, that that person has this particular autoimmune. It's these strains that have been studied in conjunction with autoimmune conditions. And so if we see overpopulation of those and somebody's like has rheumatoid arthritis, for example, and, and then their Klebsiella, which is a autoimmune uh, bacteria is higher, we can say, ah, okay, so Klebsiella is overgrowing here and we probably need to, you know, help you rebalance that bacteria back. So we get a sense of that. Um, fungus and yeast, we get to look at that, which is awesome. Um, I will say I uh, kind of as a caveat that uh, fungal is, we can get a sense of it if it is really overgrown, but sometimes it is hard for the GI map to pick it up. So I actually use a secondary test if I'm suspicious based on symptoms um, for the yeast and fungus. But yeah, it's definitely missed it in a couple of my clients for sure. Yeah, I, I will say yeah. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I use actually an organic acids test to um, if I'm suspicious more in that candida yeasty mold rain, mm -hmm. I, I choose a different set of tests for that. But we get to we get we can see that, and I do see it come up, especially in people who um, may have SIBO, because uh, SIBO and Candida tend to be best friends for some reason. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I see those those partner up a lot. Um, viruses, we get to see virus, so cytomegalovirus and Epstein Barr. We get a sense of if if there's you know a lingering, have they you know has there been an infection and now it's gone and there's still the DNA showing up, or is there an active you know situation going on? Mm -hmm. On the last page, or one of the last, yeah, the last section of the last page is the pests. So those are the parasites, which I, are the protozoas and the worms. And I, yeah, I like to think of them as like, that's the, you know, the aphid or the whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In your flower garden, it's like, no, you do not want those. Most of them are, they, it's rare for those to really show up, the parasites and the worms, but it does happen. Mm -hmm. I have had clients with both, um, like the blastocystis hominis is pretty, that's a pretty common one that will mm -hmm. show up if that is going to show up. And worms. Mm -hmm. um, I've had a couple of clients with worms. They're like, how did I get worms? <laughs> you're like, you're alive in the world. <laughs> it happens, you know? I mean, yeah. it's so funny. We think it only happens in other countries, but that's not right. reality. But what we, what we forget is that our, a lot of our food is comes from other countries. Yep. And so, you know, Yep. And we travel and, you know, I mean, even if somebody yeah. in our families travel, it can, there's so many ways that people don't realize it can happen. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, farmer's markets are another yeah. place that people will pick those things up. Yeah. Um, wash your fruits and veggies, friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good reminder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last section, which is uh, pretty interesting, I always kind of I, I look at the bacteria, but I flip right to the bottom first, and then I go back up to the top. But the last little section is our is our intestinal health, and we get to see markers that will tell us, our, is our body digesting the fats in our diet? Is our body digesting the carbohydrates in our diet? Um, we also see some markers. One for you that would be pretty important is uh, an enzyme called beta-glucuronidase, which tells us how well the body is clearing estrogens and other hormones, but more, mostly estrogens from the body. Um, we can see if there's blood in the stool, we would get a marker that would let us know about that. 
Then we also see like an immune response. So how the body's um, immune system is doing, is it like the army is, and I kind of use, I like to use analogies when I educate my clients so that they have word pictures in their mind. So yeah. we all have this immune system army. And if your army number is good, then it means like, okay, you know, you have enough troops to handle what's being, what's happening in the body, or there's not anything that it needs to address. But if the number is really low, that can indicate, you know, you're, you've had a battle and your soldiers are down mm -hmm. or really high. We've called in every, you know, we've for, called foreign countries and we're trying to get all of the people on board to fight whatever it is going on. So we get a sense of that in this test. We also, there's a marker called the um, anti-gliadin marker, and this is a, a protein that's associated with gluten. Um, and if it's, that will tell us, give us an indication on how well your body is handling that. Sometimes people will have given up gluten and the number will still be really high and they'll be like, I don't even eat gluten. What's right. the deal? Right, right. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> and then we have to talk about cross reactivity mm -hmm. of other grains because that will give us a, you know, oh wow. Because a lot of people who go gluten free, what do they do? They start eating corn. Yep, exactly. <laughs> right. They're like bring like, in that well, corn. <laughs> yeah, the corn chips, the mm -hmm. corn tortilla. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last on that last part of the page is a number called uh, an inflammation marker um, called calprotectin. And that will give us a sense of how inflamed the GI tract is. And is there, and that's usually if that number is high, there's a more serious condition going on. Oftentimes if I see it come in, in the red zone, I will mm -hmm. refer out to make sure they get a colonoscopy, especially if I see it with a cold blood, like that's mm -hmm. a, you got to go get checked. Yeah. 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 We want to make sure that there's nothing more serious going, going on. on yeah mm -hmm. so I have a question um, because I've, I've been thinking about this a lot just with what's you know happening uh, right now in the world with COVID in terms of the immune marker how mm -hmm. often have you actually seen that come back you know in a good place or a good range I actually what's surprising is I see it more often that it is it does look pretty good uh -huh. but oftentimes I see it very low Mm -hmm. Like they have already fought something right. and now their immune system needs support to get back, back and up, get right. those soldiers back up and get them back in play. Because that's what I feel like I see more often is that kind of lower number, you know, like mm -hmm. they're a little pooped. <laughs> the army's yeah. a little poop, right? Yeah. Not to yeah. bring up poop again, but it's yeah. all poop, right? That's what it is. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, I've had a couple that are in that higher range, but you know, I just find it interesting with kind of this discussion of, you know, we say healthy people, like going back out into the world right now. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people don't understand how depressed so many people's immune systems are because we've already been battling a lot of these right. things unknowingly, right, inside of our system for a while. And we may yeah. know it if we kind of connect to some of the symptoms, but a lot of times we haven't. And so mm -hmm. it, I don't think it's that easy to say, oh, if you're healthy, you can go back into the world and you're going to be okay. And it's like, well, may or may not actually have that immune function up in the way that you would like, you know, until, until yeah. you kind of see this and do some work around it. For sure. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with how, like for a lot of clients, they'll, uh, their fiber content of their diet tends to be on the lower side. Mm -hmm. And we really, in order for that bacteria profile to be affected and changed, it, it needs fiber. It needs a prebiotic, which feeds those short chain fatty acids. So it's, there's a very 
um, symbiotic thing that happens with our diet and the bacteria that's present there. And that's how that system, that immune system can get stronger is by really working on, and depending on what's present, because mm-hmm. putting fiber in for someone who has SIBO would be like a... <laughs> is that right? And, and yeah, this you is, wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, that would be ugly. And I, I mean, I think this is that's such a good point and shows how individual we are, right? Depending on what yeah. is going in our garden. And I love that analogy. It's one of my favorite because the idea isn't to just go in there and blow everything up, right? It's to see right. what your garden is looking like and what you need right. to tweak and, and um, support and those kinds of mm-hmm. things, what you want to grow, what you want to not um, be there as much, you know, it doesn't mean you're eradicating everything. It's just right. getting things right. back into a nice, you know, working condition. Um, right. So- well, and just to kind of piggyback on that, a lot of people who have, who have been sick, who have taken antibiotics, mm-hmm. like over courses of time, your flower garden is definitely compromised. Absolutely. And if you have open spaces in your garden, someone's got to fill it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's just yeah. more potential for the opportunistics like, oh, look, yeah. good open space over there. I'll just fill that right in. Yeah. I was, I have to tell you, I was so scared to do the GI map. Um, and I knew, you know, this is when I was training um, in in the program that both of us did. Um, mm-hmm. And I was scared to do it because I had gone through these surgeries where I ended up, um, well, I got burned in three places in my intestines during a fibroid removal unknowingly. Yeah. So I ended up with sepsis and I ended up losing half my colon. I had an ostomy bag for six and a half months and then I was reversed. So I was was put back together again, but I was on two weeks of IV antibiotics followed by 10 days of oral after that, you know, after that set of surgeries. And then the reversal surgery, there was another 10 days of oral antibiotics. And I was like, Oh, I'm scared. you know, <laughs> Because right. I mean, the whole time I didn't have use of my colon, it was a weird thing. Cause I was like, do I take probiotics or not? Like, could I create a, a SIBO issue since it can only get to my small intestine, you know? Right. And I was like, yeah. it's this weird thing. Nobody knows the answer to, cause it's just not studied, you know? And then, right. um, I, I waited a few, like, probably about two months after my reversal surgery to kind of start to try and re-inoculate. But needless to say, I was like, oh, the GI map is going to be, this was like six months later. I was like, it's going to be horrible, you know? And um, it wasn't quite as bad as I thought, but it definitely, I mean, that good bacteria, you really, that's what I love about that test. It really shows you Mm -hmm. how you're beneficial mm-hmm. bacteria is doing and obviously you know several strains were low you know right um, sure and that's gonna well, take some time I, <laughs> yeah. and the beauty but the beauty of the body is that it's dynamic and Absolutely. always changing and you're when just because you're in the situation whatever your health situation is today it does not mean that that's a life sentence like yes. you have power to biohack your own body's chemistry and create a different story for yourself Yes. And I'm glad you made that point. It does take time. You have to be patient, but I do Mm -hmm. think, you know, there, I've seen this a lot out there and it used to scare me because who hasn't had antibiotics in their lifetime, you know? Sure. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Everyone has. Um, And it used to scare me because people would say, oh, once you have had antibiotics, it changes your, you know, the microbiome forever and it'll never be as good. And I'm like, I just, I don't believe that, you know, I believe that we have, um, the ability to completely shift and change, you know, depending Absolutely. on, on all of these factors, depending on what we eat, depending on the lives that we lead, the, the things that we really work on to, um, to level things out. And our bodies are amazing, amazing, 
you know, systems and we gotta, we gotta give them props. I mean, sometimes I'm like, I don't know how I survived what I did and, and I'm here, you know, and, um, yeah, yeah, relatively healthy place. So, um, I do have a little funny story though, and I have no idea if it's really true or not, but so H pylori showed up on my test, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, God, I actually wonder if I've had H. pylori for a long time. I was asymptomatic except for low um, HCL. You know, I'd been taking Mm -hmm, digestive enzymes and HCL for a while, just kind of figuring, I mean, definitely everything I went through, but even age stuff before that. But um, my cat, (laughs) within the past year, started having, um, just kind of throwing up a lot, you know, and I was like, what is happening? What is going on? And she took him to the vet, tried all these things. And then um, someone told me just in the past couple of months that uh, I should try giving him Pepsid AC because it's an acid reflux issue, right, with cats. And I was like, okay, let me do a little digging here. So I start looking online and I didn't find much, but there was one holistic vet that said, it's an H. pylori overgrowth situation in cats, just the same as with humans, you know, that's causing this acid reflux for them. They're throwing up, you know? And um, so I actually ended up ordering a supplement for him that they recommended. It's apex energetic supplement that I would have given a human, you know, right. and I'm, I'm giving him that too. I was like, we're sharing our H. pylori love. But I mean, it is legit that when you live with animals, things can get yeah. passed along too, you know? Right. Well, you sh- we all have a very unique uh, microbiome, like unique as like our fingerprint and microbiome, meaning the bacteria that our body populated is populated with. Mm-hmm. But we we share any anybody that we live with, we share a very similar microbiome dynamic, mm-hmm. and that includes our pets. They mm-hmm. influence that microbiome. Yep. Um, and I've heard, and I I can't give you like a this study that yeah. I've heard that if you have pets that come in and out of your home, your microbiome is actually stronger as that, a result of it. That makes sense. Indoor. Yeah. 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 Mine's an indoor cat. So we're just like sharing all the things. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, of course he does. I'm feeding him digestive enzymes and, and mastica. So you know? awesome. like, yeah. right. It's hilarious. Um, okay. So I think that was a great overview of the GI map. Thank you for that. Let's yeah, talk a little bit about um, the MRT food sensitivities test. Um, okay. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. So there are a lot of different ways to measure food sensitivity and most people are familiar and I'll get to the MRT, but let's talk about what's not the MRT. Most Please. people are fam- most familiar with IgG and IgA testing, which is an antibody type testing. And that, pr- that actually only tests one particular pathway that the proteins are tagged by your immune system. And so as a result, if you if you're only testing that one pathway, you're only going to see the results of that one pathway mm-hmm. versus the MRT, which is a little bit different. They actually do um, a method where they are looking for the end products, which MRT stands for mediated release test. And so we're looking at the end result of those end products. When we test your blood against specific poop, food products, how your white blood cells respond to that and what end product that it puts out. And that could be, and an end product would, for most people would, um, that's most familiar would be like a histamine. Mm -hmm. So if you eat something and you get itchy, that's a histamine response. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But we aren't always aware of all the other cellular ways that our body has a end product result. All we experience are the symptoms that go along with that. 
So really, you're, this is a measurement of that particular mechanism, and it measures all the pathways rather than just the one IgG, IgA mm. pathway. Nice. Yeah. And that's how it's a little bit different than the other testing. Um, but the one thing I do love about the MRT specifically, and oftentimes we will run them in conjunction with a GI map, like to see um, what is this person sensitive to and how, you know, how is it affecting their digestive system. But they, the thing about the MRT, they do 170 foods and chemicals. So you don't just get to see, you know, am I allergic to, or not allergic, but sensitive to blueberries. And let's go back to that just for a second. What's the difference between a food sensitivity, a food allergy, and a food intolerance? I think that's an important distinction. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So a food allergy, which is what most people um, associate with, like if you have a peanut allergy or a shellfish allergy, it's an immediate response that the body is having. The immune system says, this is not okay for this body, and it will give, produce hives or swelling. Like It's immediate. And so that's a true food allergy. A food intolerance would be something where your body isn't making the right um, enzymes to break down that particular food product. And an example of that for most people um, would be like lactose. I'm lactose intolerant, right? So I have ice cream and it messes me up. But a food sensitivity, which is, it's a little bit harder to get to the bottom of it. That is more of a delayed response and it can happen immediately, usually not in the form of um, swelling or rashes, but maybe like a headache or stomach upset, mm -hmm. or it can happen up to three days later. So it's really hard to determine or get um, even work through like what are the foods that we're truly sensitive to. And, and our food sense, some people will say our food sensitivities forever. Some people, yes, some people know. Some people, it's a matter of if there's a lot of food sensitivities, it really speaks to intestinal permeability or mm -hmm. leaky gut. Mm -hmm. And once the once you deal with kind of the gut side of things, a lot of those foods can be put back in a safe way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love. I mean, there's so many things about this test that I, you know, I think are, are helpful than just kind of sort of the traditional traditional allergy testing. Um, but I, I like to let clients know that, you know, more than likely the things that show up on there aren't forever and that we have kind of yeah. this period of time to remove right. them, to let your gut heal, right. To let that, that yeah. lining heal. Um, right. And then it, it, it just doesn't feel like this death sentence in the way that I think a lot of times when you go find out you're allergic to something, it's like, okay, I have to take that out for the rest of my life. Though there are definitely things that show up, you know, um, sure. uh, that that will need to maybe be gone for a while, if not for the yeah. long term. You know? Yeah. So. Well, and the, how I even got into the work that I'm doing is because my husband had had some severe uh, sinus and migraine issues, mm. and even and we've done a lot of work for his health and, and mm. is pretty good. But if he gets contaminated with gluten, it's like my instant migraine for him. Yeah, uh, triggers. Yeah. Triggers yeah. migraines. So it's just like it's out of his diet. Yep. Just Absolutely. And I mean, don't. honestly, gluten is one of those that for a lot of people, it's just, yeah. it's just not <laughs> great. It I, anyway. <laughs> it's always, you know, I think the hardest thing to talk about, that's one of the hardest things to talk to clients about other than it, you know, in certain situations when they need to remove coffee, Co yeah. the coffee one is absolutely the hardest. Girl, I'm from Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> people are like, no, 
can't do it. Sorry. We, we walk around with IV drip bags. <laughs> Seriously, you're like, I got my Starbucks <laughs> bag right here. Thank you. Right. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but the gluten and the, and the dairy to a certain extent, too, you know, can yeah. be, I think, harder than some of the other ones. And yeah, it is interesting, you know, what I like about the chemicals that show up on that, the test. Um, you know, I think if people are kind of already eating quote unquote healthy, and I just put that in quotations because mm-hmm. that means different things to different people, but mm-hmm. um, you know, you'll still have like maybe like, Ooh, an M M&M and M here or something with a food coloring in it there. Right. And there's, you know, some of those food colorings are on the MRT. And so you can really see even that little sneaky thing. If you have mm-hmm. a sensitivity to it, it's impacting you, you know? Yeah. One of my favorite things that have come up time and time again for our clients is well, not favorite for them, but it's just as like, oh, that's so helpful on the MRT is because it measures those chemicals and there's one a food chemical that's natural occurring, solanine, mm-hmm. and that's what's in nightshades. Mm-hmm. And a person won't necessarily have a sensitivity to tomatoes, potatoes, or, you know, eggplant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any of those, or it'll come up like mild, mm-hmm. but then the solanine is off the charts. It's like, okay, mm. so just, and peppers is also, I'm like, mm-hmm. salsa is not your friend. Right. Like, like, that's <laughs> I'm so just sorry. A, no that's taco just Tuesday a, for you. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> cut yeah. that out. Yeah. But once you understand that, then it becomes like, oh, I, I can still eat a potato, but I can't have potatoes with peppers and tomatoes and all the other night, because that's just going to create a burden yeah. and my body's going to freak out. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So, so why is it that you like to combine the GI map and the the MRT? Well, for a couple of reasons, one, like I was saying before, if a lot of food sensitivities show up and I can see, okay, yes, this is intestinal permeability. It allows for me to give a picture to the client that these food sensitivities are actually really temporary Mm -hmm. and uh, taking them out is not, it's like, that's 50% of the story. Mm -hmm. So eliminating your food sensitivities might be an important temporary thing, but if you don't address the root cause, I say, I kind of tell people, it's like, if you have a bucket with holes in it and you stop putting water in it, it doesn't mean that the bucket, it doesn't leak anymore. Mm, I like that one. I might borrow that one. (laughs) (laughs) So we have to address the bucket. Yeah. Right. We want to make sure that the bucket is doing the job that the bucket needs to do, letting through the foods and nutrients at the appropriate time. So that's one reason that I like Mm -hmm. to run them together. The other is that if I need to use supplementation, I want to understand which ones are going to be the best fit for them. Mm -hmm. Um, People sometimes will, a lot of uh, our antimicrobials will have like grapeseed extract or oil of oregano. Well, if someone is sensitive to grapefruit or sensitive to oil of oregano, I don't want to put them on that. That's just going to, I know oregano was on mine. That knocks out like so many things, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So understanding that and, or if rice shows up on for Mm -hmm. somebody, it's like, Oh, well rice, it's not a gluten containing grain. Yes. But a lot of the capsules have a rice component. So I have, you have to be careful. You have to, and if you know that, you know how to choose supplementation appropriate for um, helping the client move their health forward. And that, you know, these are the the little specifics that we dive into that a lot of people don't necessarily contemplate. I would never have thought about before, you know, like diving that deep. And it's like all of those things do impact your body. And part of why, you know, I think this healing 
can, it doesn't always happen within, you know, the 12 weeks or so of a protocol, but it's, it has the possibility to do that much more than if you don't have all that specific information. And that's why it can take sure. so long for people to heal a leaky right. gut, right? Because yep. of not having all of these little factors and yeah. understanding and knowing them. Right. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is having a long view of, mm -hmm of what your health journey is going to be. Mm -hmm. Like if you come and work with like a pro practitioner, like you or myself, it's like, I would love to be able to get you that to that space in 90 days, mm -hmm. but you didn't get to where you are in 90 days. Yeah. And I can't unwrap that. In yeah. 90 days. Yep. And sometimes not even a year. Yeah. Like I have had clients where they'll be doing really good. You know, we've mm -hmm. like resolved a lot of things mm -hmm. and then they'll be like, I feel great. Yeah. And I'm like, Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't happened. backslide. Don't backslide. <laughs> and that's happened. That's mm -hmm. happened. And, and you know, it's like, but I understand. Like, there's also supplement fatigue, and you know, just the mental gyrations of having to think about all the things all the time. Yeah. I try to get people to a stable place that they can take a break yeah. and then come back, and we can hit it again. You yep. know, so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you end up doing um, like in a situation like that? you do like the three months in 90 day thing, take a couple months off and then mm -hmm. do a full on, you know, kind of 90 days again, or will it be I a little bit more like not quite yeah. as intense? Yeah. Not quite as intense. Mm -hmm. I'm really try. I I'm sensitive to the people that people have a budget yeah. <laughs> that they have Absolutely. to live within. Yeah. Um, also that uh, you can't do all the things all the time. Yeah. So I actually work pretty slow in that first 90 days and I'm just trying to calm your body down mm -hmm. and get it less out of an inflamed and like reactive state. Mm -hmm. And then maybe halfway through that first 90 days is when we actually start addressing what we may have found. Mm -hmm. Because if, you're, if your immune system is really hyperactive and I come in and try to do all that, it's just going to make your body angry. Yeah, so it's a absolutely. slow process. And, and it really is dependent on how the client is feeling when they are ready. They're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that was good. Now I'm ready for my next. Yeah. What's, what's the next phase? What's, what does this look like? Right. And individual reactions are so important to keep in mind, right? You know, mm -hmm. I mean, there's some clients that their body just, you know, reacts great to a protocol right off the bat, you know, and yeah. then there's some people that it's literally one little thing just mm -hmm. throws it into a crisis and just having to, um, be flexible with that and be, you know, for, for clients too. I always try and say, you know, like, this is, this is what we're looking at, but we have no idea how your body is going to react until that's we right. start, you yeah. know, and yeah. there's going to be starts and stops sometimes. And that's okay. That's part of the process. And it doesn't mean that your body's failing or anything like that. It's just, you know, right. we have our yeah. individual needs, you know, right. and your body is talking to you. So we yeah. have to honor and respect the, the yeah. messages that it's saying, you know, mm -hmm. I have a client right now, Poor thing. She just, I mean, I can't even get her to drink water. Like mm. water is really painful for her and her stomach. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. And it can cause all kinds of problems and, you know, that's yeah. scary, right? When something yeah. that basic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm like, please don't get dehydrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, we don't need to add that. Right. What do you do in that situation? The only thing I would think of like in a situation like that, because I remember in my 20s, when I kind of had my first health crisis, um, mm -hmm. I, I was allergic to like everything. Like I would eat greens and have a reaction, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I 
was trying all the things that I could possibly do to, to heal. And someone randomly, I ran into this woman I barely knew. This is when I lived in San Francisco and I ran into her on the street and she said, oh yeah, I just had this like acupuncture done that it's this allergy, you know, elimination thing. And it's called NAAT. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I know of that. So yeah. for people that haven't heard of it, it's Nambrutopod's allergy elimination technique. And I said, well, I got to try this and see, you know, because she said it had been working for her. And that was actually the thing that started to shift, you know. I mean, it was slow going because it was like one one allergen at a time that you deal with, you know. But basically, you utilize um, kinesiology, muscle testing, mm-hmm. along with, um, you know, uh, ac- in, this, in this case, acupressure points and then acupuncture. But chiropractors can also do it. And yeah, I mean, that was, you know, I mean, that wasn't the only thing that I did, but that was the turning point for me. And I was like, sometimes you got to just come in with energy medicine when nothing else totally. works, right? I mean, honestly, like I would love to sit here and, you know, be so have an ego that say that I am the answer to all of your yeah. digestive, but it's yeah. not true. Like yeah. I am one spoke in your wheel of wellness. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a lot of, when people have multi- um, like a team of people, like a healthcare mm-hmm. team really working, acupuncture, massage, mm-hmm. talk therapy, all of those pieces are yep. really important in moving your health forward. Yeah. Oh, give it to me. No, all that. those people. <laughs> I'm like, I want all those people on my team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, that was a great overview of both of those tests. So thank you for sharing that and, and how yeah. they work together. I know that you use some other testing in your practice and that mm-hmm. sometimes, um, you know, even with stool analysis that there are situations where some of the other tests are a better fit than the GI map. So can you tell us a little bit about that and, you know, and yeah, what other sure. tests there are? Yeah. So the one, the other one, I, I work with a team of doctors. They, we have a referral with some naturopaths and they tend to like the Genova GIFX mm-hmm. um, stool analysis. And that's a good test. It uses similar technology as the GI map. And there are times that that is a little bit more of an appropriate test if we need to look at um, a little bit deeper understanding of um, like on our, on the GI map where we can only see the sciatocrit number for Mm -hmm. how well the body is digesting fat. Mm -hmm. In the Genova, you can actually see the fecal fat breakdown. So you can see cholesterol, you can see triglycerides, you can see more, more, a little bit deeper dive. And that, so if someone's coming in, like they've had their gallbladder removed Mm. or you can, you get a sense that there's like a biliary bile, you know, gallbladder component Mm -hmm. here then potentially that would be a time that you'd say that test might be a little bit, give me a little bit more information to work with in that lane. Yeah. It it does give a lot of the same, like you do see a lot of the beneficial bacteria break out the same. Um, The GI map does a better job of showing you the commensal and Mm. um, the Genova doesn't as, as much in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But it also, the one thing about the Genova that I also like is you can see the short chain fatty acids, like the specific ones. And butyrate is an anti-inflammatory short chain fatty acid. So if if I can see that that's low or too high, like it gives us a sense of other aspects of the digestive health that we wouldn't get with the GI map. Right. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes you want to pick that particular one you know, GI map, it includes H. pylori. That's part of the cost for Genova. It, you have, that's an add-on test. Gotcha. So 
if I'm more suspicious H. pylori, I'm probably going to go, you know, GI map mm -hmm. versus the other ones. So it really depends. I, I'm a huge fan of um, what is the client's body saying mm -hmm. and what are we suspicious that the underlying root causes and what test is really going to give us the most information around that specific situation. Mm -hmm. That's some, those are two reasons that I would kind of maybe lean over into that other test versus the GI map. Yeah. I mean, it's always exciting when you get more information. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's always, you know, it, it may not always be good, but it, it's helpful to, to be able to see yeah. those things. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the Genova test does have more like sexy graphics. And Ooh, and stuff. I do uh, like that. Kind of That's like why I love the Dutch. <laughs> yes, oh, this uh, is like so much that. fun, right? You're like, right. oh my God, all the things, all the little dials. Um, right. You'd mentioned earlier about using the oats test for yeast and then mold also. I didn't realize yeah. that. Okay. Can you tell yeah, us a little so bit about that? See, um, you can see yeast and mold on the organic acid. Organic acid test tests out um, it's a urinary test, so it, it's like the metabolite of whatever's left over in the body. Mm -hmm. And so what's beautiful about that test specifically is you don't have to stop any medication or supplementation. Mm -hmm. There are a few wow. that you can't eat um, because it's an end product. We're testing the end right. product. Right, right, right. So we can also see like how well your body's detoxifying, how well your body is using your ketones. We get a view of your Krebs cycle, like all of these like little intricacies based mm. on these end products, which is really great. But the mold, the yeast and the mold, they have markers specifically around that, like aspergillus, we can see that as a mold. And that's great. Um, and then we can see that candy, like a yeast, it comes up across as like arabinose, I think is the, the gotcha. Um, how it's quantified. Right. Yeah. I feel like, you know, the mold thing is um, such a big issue these days has come up so big mm -hmm. for, for so many people. Um, yeah. I did a project last year called hidden and it was all women uh, dealing with chronic illnesses and most of them multiple chronic illnesses. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I learned about uh, POTS at that time, mm -hmm. P-O-T-S, which I never I've heard know. of it. Yeah. 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 I never know what exactly it stands for. I, I, I kind of see it in my head, but I, I can't say it. Um, but it's basically a connective tissue disorder. Um, mm. And, you know, there's, issues around electrolyte balance with it. Like people end up sort of in the ER a lot, just, you know, needing IV bags and things like that. And one of the women, um, had it. And I mean, she's late twenties and she's, um, you know, I just, I mean, it amazes me. She's been dealing with this for years and years and years and yeah, going to all the, you know, mm -hmm. specialists in the research hospitals and everything. And I had learned about mold uh, being, you know, connected to POTS, I think from, I forget, one of the functional medicine doctors that I follow. So I sent her a little message and she just recently saw an integrative doctor and found out she has a really yeah. bad mold problem, you know, yeah. and yeah. it's just it's so many of these chronic illnesses. It's like the pathogens and the mold and the Lyme mm -hmm. and, you know, it's yeah. such a big root cause. Yeah. You can test specifically for mold and that's a different test if okay. you're suspicious, like, and it's mm -hmm. a, called a mycotoxin test. Mm -hmm. um, and that will give you a really good picture of, and again, it's an end product. So it's a urine test, mm -hmm. you know, send it off and it goes. Um, but the, like you, I've been surprised at how many times people come back with mold in the body. Mm -hmm. Like it, mm -hmm. it actually is 
so much and I because I live in the Pacific Northwest yeah so, so it's you know, rainy 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 yeah damp and yeah, yeah mossy and totally yeah, yeah. I, I mean go ahead oh I was gonna say I had a client a while back and and she her son was having some health issues and I said I think we should test for mold and she's like no we have we live in a brand pretty brand new house like within the last five year construction blah blah, blah. and I said let's just do it like mm-hmm. what do you got to lose mm-hmm. I mean you tried everything else mm-hmm. came back the boy had just crazy mold. mold. And and I said, you know what, you can take care of the mold, but you have to find the source of the mold. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause it's going to keep feeding it. it. Come, right. Mm-hmm. And she, and I, I said, get your hair air tested. Oh no, our house is pretty new. And I said, just test your house. She messaged me and she's like, they came in and did a test and they, there was mold being pumped out through their air <sighs> um, register system. They oh. had to come in and do everything. So they cleaned it. They had yeah. the mold specialist come in and clean mm-hmm. everything out. They didn't find any mold in the house, but mm-hmm. just in the venting system. In the venting, yeah. Yeah. And then she messaged me later and said, she goes, I, I thought I felt good. I didn't know how it was affecting me. Yeah, of course. And, and yeah. then what, like, yeah, talk about a game changer, right? That's <sighs> pretty. Yeah. And it's so interesting to me because I, you know, I think about this. I mean, mold has obviously been around for all of humanity, right? You know, and yeah. is, is it just because our systems are so overloaded because of everything else that it impacts us this much now? Or is it just something that's always been an issue? You know, I'm just, yeah, I'm yeah, curious yeah. about that. But yeah, I think we're, I, I feel like we're more compromised just because the quality of our, the, even if we're trying to eat organic and do, doing all the things to take care of our house, like the, our food quality is, you know, from 50 years ago is 50% less nutritious. Yeah. And that's the organic stuff. Yeah. It's like, gosh, yep. that sucks. Yeah. Not so to mention the like, chemicals and everything. Right. The, uh, yeah. The plastic. We're just exposed that. to so much more as well. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this was amazing. Thank you so much for all of your great information and your explanations. I think we're just, you know, so perfect for people to really understand what these tests, like the purpose of doing these tests and, um, and really uh, just our digestion is at the root of our health, you know? And, and so if you have hormonal imbalances, this is why I talk about always having, you know, focus on digestion. Like we got to get that Mm -hmm. in gear. Um, And, you know, to me, hormone stuff, it's like gut, liver, stress, and really getting that gut because, you know, your liver is going to be stressed out if your gut's mm-hmm. not doing well. Your adrenals right. are going to be stressed out. You know, you're, there's stress in your body that's happening when your gut's not working well and the pathogens there. Right. So, um, yeah, getting, getting that, you know, cleared up, it can help a lot with everything else without yeah, even focusing on those things yet, you know? Yeah. 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 It's yeah. a, I think getting the testing, you know, there's a cost associated with it Mm -hmm. and work with a practitioner that can help you sequence those things so Mm -hmm. that you can get, you know, maximum yield. But Mm -hmm. when you have that information for a lot of people, it is just like the one thing that's been missing. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And so it's really ultimately worth that investment, you know, I mean, because otherwise you're just going to spend years and years, you know, continuing to try and find the way and and sadly not get there usually, you know, so yeah. Dr. Google doesn't always provide you. No, especially these days, too, too (laughs) many things, too many things. All the things, too many things. Well, you know, everybody can check you out at your website, as I mentioned yep. earlier, and that'll be in the notes. Do you have any, um, you know, are you on Facebook or Instagram or anything like that? 
Yeah, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram as Redeeming Nutrition. And on my website, I do have a free gift always at the top right-hand corner. So people who are interested, and I think this month it's an immune system builder. Oh, cool. That is definitely what people need right now. (laughs) That is for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, that's awesome. I'm so glad that you were able to come on the show today and and tell us about all this stuff. So, all right, guys, I will see you next time.